across this room, would you just lift your voice and begin to tell them what you need and what it is that you desire to see? Just ascribe praise and worship to Him today that He's worthy of. Because maybe the last opportunity we have for Him to worship Him, so don't miss an opportunity. Don't miss what God wants to do in this place. Just begin to tell Him in your own words. So that's a powerful, incredible song. We'll go back and sing it again in a minute. But right now, just use your own words because He loves to hear worship you. God, we ascribe the highest praise to you. Everything that we need, every situation and circumstance that we face, Lord, you are able. There's nothing that's too difficult for you. There's nothing that's impossible for you. There's no sickness that doesn't matter with the name of Jesus. There's no change that isn't broken to the power of Jesus. We just give you what you want to be today. Lord, we 
there's things that people are carrying in this room that they don't desire to carry into the new year. God, I pray that those things would be laid down. Lord, they wouldn't carry them into the new year. They would no longer see those as areas of stronghold in the enemy. But God, in turn, it would be an area that you use as a strength in their life. Move in power today and do what you desire to do. We thank you for what you're going to do in this service. We thank you for what you've already begun to do. We lift you up and give you praise. Would you give him a standing ovation yeah. this morning for who he is and what he's like? God, we want you to be. And isn't his presence so good? Yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing like it. Yes. Absolutely nothing like it. Would you let this worship team know how much you appreciate them? Leading us in worship today. Awesome, incredible job. Thank you, Madison and Macy, for being here, being a part for our team that leads. We are we are blessed to have the team that we do. I'm going to invite our ushers to come and join me. We're going to receive our morning tithe and offering. This morning, you can give to the Heart of Christmas offering. If you haven't had a chance to give to that, you still desire to do it. It'll be the last Sunday that we receive offering for that. Also, at this time of the year, Melanie and I, we reflect on all that God has done on what we've given in the year, on God's faithfulness to us. We, we look at the commitments that we've made throughout the year and make sure that we're caught up on everything we need to be caught up on and that we've, we've just done everything that we need to do. And I encourage you to do the same today. If you desire to receive giving credit for 2018, then you would need to either give that in the offering this morning you can't mail it into the church if for some reason you don't have it you want to do that. It just needs to be postmarked before the end of the year. Or you can give it online as well. There's three different ways that you can give. You see there. But it just needs to happen before the end of the year if you desire to receive credit for that for this year. God has been so good to us. He's been so good to this church financially. And we're just believing that as those of you that have, have been faithful and even beyond just following God in obedience of your tithe, but have been generous through offerings as well and giving, that God is rewarding you and blessing you financially as well. And we love to hear that and see that. We're just believing that it's going to continue to happen. God's going to continue to bless you. And as he blesses you and you're obedient and faithful with what he's given to you and generous with that, that you're going to be obedient to his word and giving to God. And God's going to, in turn, bless you more because he sees that you're a funnel, that he can He can trust you, that if he blesses you, that you're going to do the right thing with it. And it's just incredible how God works. So let's pray today. God, we are so thankful for how you work and how you move and how you provide. Lord, even as we have reflected on who you are and the gift that you've given us at Christmas over this last week and several weeks, Lord, we're so uh, cognizant of the fact that every good and every perfect gift comes from you. And this morning, as we return to you a portion of what you blessed us with in obedience to your word, we do it uh, knowing that you are the source, that you are our provider, that everything that we have comes from you. Every, every, the ability to work, the jobs that we do work, the provision that we have. So, Lord, we, we trust you with it. We return to you a portion of what you've given to us. Lord, for those that are in need, those that are struggling, that are, are trusting to see you move in their finances and provide in those ways, we want to hear the good reports of how you do it. We want to see it. And so, Lord, as they're faithful with the small things that they have now, Lord, continue to bless and provide more, as you do in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. We have a treat this morning. Not only did Madison and Macy do an incredible job of leading us in worship this morning, uh, but the reason I had David on my mind is because Pastor David McLean <laughs> is here with his wife, Michelle, and their daughters. 
And uh, hopefully, you, if you didn't meet them before service, you'll get a chance to meet them after service. But these are some incredible people that have been pastors to us. We were able to serve uh, with them at their church for a season, kind of in transition before we came here. It was only a few short months that we were there, but it seems uh, much longer than that. We traveled around the world. We preached together in the Canary Islands and uh, just had all kinds of incredible uh, experiences together. And we love these guys that not only um, served us as pastors during that season and prayed for us during transition. And they were some of the first and only people that we said, hey, we're thinking about going to Laramie, Wyoming. And they're like, are you sure? No, but they prayed for us and prayed that we would discern God's will and, and were part of that process and have been available for us to pick up the phone and call them since we've been here and say, hey, you know what? How do you do this? Or pray with us about this or think about this. And just been an incredible uh, friends to us. And it's surreal to believe that they're here in Laramie, Wyoming today. And so I asked Pastor David to come and share uh, a word with us this morning. And really what God has laid on his heart, I believe it's a powerful word for our church for this season. So would you just welcome him, let him know how much you appreciate having him here and their whole family this morning. I would just echo so much of what Pastor Matt has already said, but uh, but just flip it around, right? And say that we, we love your pastors and we are excited to see what God's doing here uh, I'll tell you that there is there was a, a period of time when we were none of us knew I, I mean I'm not saying that we didn't know Laramie Wyoming existed but it certainly <laughs> wasn't on our radar in Austin and I don't think it was on the Baumgartner's family radar uh, as we began to just pray with them because we knew and uh, that God has a, uh, God was establishing a new season for the life of this family and the cool thing is that and, and this is a whole other story for another day but I'm a I'm kind of a, a geek when it comes to, to searching out the way God moves and why. And, and I always look for the story behind the story. And, and sometimes I don't always know. We don't always know what that's going to be yeah. because the Lord's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. But here we were, you know, a year, 18 months ago, uh, having Matt and Melanie come to our house and our church on Sunday and being a part of our small group and our family, the family's becoming so close and praying for them. And, and I'll be honest, I was not praying for them to move to Wyoming. That just was never <laughs> on my radar. And, uh, and even after they said that God was stirring their heart to, to explore the, the possibility of coming, still we're like, oh, well, you should keep praying about that. That's a long way to go. Uh, but I'll tell you what, now, a year later, we can see the hand of the Lord in it, uh, not, not only um, you know, in a small way, but in a significant way. We celebrate with you. Uh, I, I hate to even say this, you know, it sounds sort of cheesy, but you guys probably say it all the time, but that God is breathing new life into a new life. And so, I don't know, that sounds a little corny, but it's all I can think about is God's doing something new and we are excited to be a part of it. This is, um, we, we wanted to come and visit the Baumgartners and to, to hang out with, with their family. And so when he said, well, hey, you can preach while you're here. Uh, this was a Sunday that we were gonna have, have uh, off at our church. And so I said, okay, I guess I'll just talk about God. If you want me to, I will. Uh, but I love, I love the Lord and I love your pastors. Uh, more importantly, really, I love the God that we serve. And, uh, and I want to just uh, ask you this morning to, to join me for a moment in prayer. And I'm going to ask you to open your heart to see what the Lord may want to say to you. This is a, this is a message that I believe uh, comes out of the experience that, that my family has walked through. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. But I don't think it's just for us. I'm not here to just tell you our story. I really want to ask you to open your hearts and let God enable you to dream a fresh new vision about what he wants to do in your life, in your church, in this place, 
Because I'm telling you this, God is a God of change and growth. I know, let me, let me back up. The Lord, the, the Lord says, I'm a God, I'm God who I, and I change not, so we're not trying to contradict that. But also, he's a God who says, I'm doing new things, right? He's a God of the new things and, and new life. And so I'm going to ask you just to pray with me and open your heart up right now. And say, God, whatever you're going to say, this is not just a time for us to, to listen and kind of go through the motions. But specifically, there may be something in your own heart where the Lord wants to breathe new new life again new vision he may want to expand your faith in an area he may want to uh, remove what you think is a wall or a barrier or an obstacle and and you know let him do it let him do it let's pray together father thank you for this moment thank you for the opportunity we have not just to to worship you to celebrate what it means to be part of the family of god but also lord to recognize that you are a god Who's, who is holy and who is powerful and who is amazing. Your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. And so today, God, even though this message is for us as a body, as a family, I pray that every yes, one God. of us would ask, Lord, what are you saying to me? Yes. What, is this, what do you want to speak to me in my house, in our family, in my ministry, in this time in which I live? And so, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for that. Would you allow us to have our hearts opened? Our hearts opened to hear what you want to say to us today. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm excited to hear about the growth that's happening here in Laramie at New Life. The growth both numerically and financially. Uh, I'll just tell you that uh, as, as, you know, in, the, in this past year, I know that you all have begun a second service. And we're a part of that this morning. And Pastor Matt mentioned that we're also in a season of growth but I'll tell you, there's a phrase that we have adap adapted or adopted lately, and it goes like this. It just says, every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every story matters to God. You know, I, I think it's interesting when, when a church begins to grow that you're thinking about seats. How many seats do we have? And how many people are in those seats? And how many parking spaces do we have? And how much money will it cost to do things? And so we, see, we count numbers. But every number has a name. You have a name. And every name has a story. You have a story. And every story matters to God. And so when we talk about growth and life and change, we have to realize that, that it's, it's, we should unashamedly always be about more. More people, more, more stories, more lives being changed. And so growth is something that, that uh, I can personally relate to through our experience. But in our own church, we've experienced some of the same changes that you're going through. And, and uh, one thing that was kind of uh, cool that in, in our recent history is that our church celebrated in February of this year the 80th anniversary of, of its existence. The church started in 1938. And uh, during that time, uh, I, I have come to realize, just like Pastor Matt, that I am a pastor presently, but I stand upon the shoulders of those who have come before me. I'm actually the 14th pastor in, in our church's history. And uh, Michelle and I just celebrated 15 years, this, this actually just in November, uh, as pastors of our church. And so we love it. But the cool thing about it is that our church has changed. When we came, it was actually called Central Assembly of God Church. And it met in a, a, a part of, long, long way from us, really, about 15 miles or so south of us in Austin. It was in Austin, Texas. And, and yet, when the church began in 1938, it was called, it was called East Austin Assembly of God Church and met down in one place. Then in 1950-something, they moved to another location near the University of Texas, where it is now. Then in 1972, they moved to the, the place they were when we came. And then we came in 2003 and in 2006. 
six, we sold that uh, building and bought some property and moved. But before we could build a building, we moved into a school. So we had a church just like you do with an actual building that was, you know, able to meet our needs. But yet we felt like God was stirring us to move. So we sold the building and bought land. And then we met in a school for two years almost, you know, and it was a, a lot of change of setting up and tearing down, setting up and tearing down. And, and it was hard work. And, you know, you prayed that people would come, not just to come and sit, but come and work. <laughs> I mean, you know, you pray for that too. And so, and, uh, and then eventually we got into a storefront, like a shopping center that had an open space. So we met in there for about five years and finally we were able to build our building. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because we, we've been seeing, or we did see and have seen how the, in, in every season of life in the church, there's different challenges. And every season, whether it's a location or the people or the leadership, like God is always moving somehow, but he's, he's never wanting us to stay where we are. He's always expanding our vision. He's, he's always leading us somewhere, right? And, and it's not just for, for us to feel like we're bigger or better, or we can finally be proud of ourselves, or like we are somebody, or hey, our church is finally something that's gonna, the community's gonna know about. Like it's none of that. It's just about trying to get us to understand that he desires for lost people to know him. And there's gonna be steps that have to lead us down the path of, of how we can be most effective in whatever season that he's called us in. And so as we were beginning to plan our 80th anniversary, you know, I, I wanted to do something that would honor the history of all the people who'd come through those many years. And, uh, and yet at the same time, we wanted to not just celebrate the past, but look towards the future. God, what are you, what are you going to do? And so I asked the Lord, would you just lead me to a scripture or a word or a promise, something that would, that would help us connect the dots between the past that, that is to be celebrated and the future that is yet to come. And he led me to this passage of scripture in Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. And we'll read it together in just a moment. But the word that he gave me from this passage is greater. Why don't you say this with me? Say it, greater. 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 Yeah, greater. In fact, that became our theme for 2018. And uh, it's still our theme for 2019 as we just continue to believe that God is promising us that greater things are still ahead for the Bridge Community Church, for New Life Church, for the body of Christ. Like we just believe together that there is something coming that is greater than what we have seen. And I believe today that the same word, prophetic word that I received as we were leading our church, that it's something that I'm I'm compelled to share with you today. In fact, when Pastor Matt said, could, could you share? I, I prayed, but I immediately knew that this was something that I was supposed to share with you. And it's interesting because over the last year, I've had so many different opportunities, random conversations with people, pastors, leaders, uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord, just friends, even unsaved people. And I've been able to, to continue to go back to share this same scripture that we're going to talk about this morning, that, that it seems like it's just a prime word, that there is a time in which people aren't really sure what's to come. They're not really sure what their role is in it. And yet I, I'm just declaring today that this is a, there's a season coming that is greater ahead. There's greater fruitfulness in your ministry, that there's going to be greater effectiveness in your work. That there will be greater favor in your relationships, you know, healing and restoration there. Greater progress in your goals personally, professionally. That there will be a greater confidence in your calling. You know, like, what is God calling me to do? Not, not just the church, but me. That there will be greater vision for your future. Greater generosity you know, with your resources. Greater influence 
in your life. I could go on and on. Greater health in your bodies. Greater harvest of souls. You know, changed lives. But there's something that I think that I would desire more than anything that I've mentioned so far. And really, it's the key to everything I've mentioned so far. And that is to have a greater presence of God in my life. Do you want to know the Lord in a deeper way? Amen. And I say that because, of course, it seems like that the answer is supposed to be yes. Yeah, of course I do. But, but what we sometimes, there's a phrase that I, I recently adopted that said, if it, it says, if it, if it goes without saying, it probably needs to be said. You know, if it goes without saying, we ought to say it. And so the question is, is, is your pursuit of the Lord the greatest priority of your life? To know him. To know his presence, to live with the awareness that God is in this room right now. That when you're driving down the road in your car, he is, he is there in the midst of you. That he inhabits the praises of his people. That he loves for us to worship him. That, that, he, that he wants to manifest himself in your life greater than you even want him to. That you, that you even know how to pray for it. The greater presence of the Lord. You see, this phrase, the greater presence of God or presence of God, it's become everything to me. And... And I have to work at it. I have to pursue him and seek his face. But let's talk about presence. You know, when the Bible talks about the presence of God, it kind of starts really in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve would literally walk and talk with God. There was no barrier between them and him. And yet then after their sin, it says that the Lord banished them or he, he drove them out from that place. He, he basically cut them off from his presence. After, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 16, after killing his brother, the Bible says that Cain went out from the Lord's presence. Is there anything more sad than that? To leave the Lord's presence. And Moses on Mount Sinai, you know, he's spending time with the Lord. And, and as he's seeking God's law, it says that, that his face would literally glow. It was radiant with, again, the, the time spent in God's presence. And so afterwards... When he would come down and talk to the people, he'd have to put a, a veil over his, over his head because his face was so radiant. It was, it was bright, so he would have to cover it from the time spent with the Lord's presence. Now, I don't, I don't think that happens still today, but I wonder in a way, like, what if there was a way to connect the time that you spend in God's presence with your physical appearance? Now, I know my face doesn't actually glow unless I've had too much sun, and then it glows red. It doesn't glow anything else. But, like, what would it be like if there was sort of a presence meter you know would, would we would our faces shine brightly with the lord's presence in our lives or would they be dim or would, would the light be out altogether like i don't know but i just know that somehow i, I want to continue to be charged and empowered and touched by his presence in numbers chapter 20 when moses and aaron fell face down as the glory of the lord appeared to them they they would cry out to god lord we your presence is so much for us. In fact, in Psalm 139, there's a scripture that says, where can I go from your spirit? Where could I flee from your presence? So you really can't go anywhere to get away from God, but you can pursue him in the depth of your heart. And so however you describe it, I want it. I want more of his presence, more of God's presence in my life. I want a greater presence of God in my marriage. I want a greater presence of God in my church family. I, how do I have more of it? If there's a way I can get it, I want it. I want more of him. I want more of everything that he has to offer. Don't you? I mean, do you want that? Amen. 
then let's pursue it together for a few more moments this morning. If you were to read with me in Haggai chapter 2, and if you have your Bibles, you can read there. But uh, I, I'm reading from the New International Version, Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. And then here's what it says. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the desired of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Guys, when we look at what we've just read and we talk about what, what are the greater things that, uh, of God that are promised if you really allow your mind to dream a little bit, you know, let the Holy Spirit begin to, to speak to you about what that would look like for, for the greater things of God to happen in your life. You know, my, I, I'm married to uh, Michelle. She, we're, we're celebrating this year in 2019. We'll celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. You can applaud if you want. It's, applaud her because she's stayed, stuck with me. That's awesome. But anyway, 25 years. Um, and, and so, but I, you know, she's a, she's a bold a uh, uh, goal setter, you know, she is a, she's let's, let's pick a project and let's finish it. Let's set a date and let's meet it. Let's set a goal and achieve it, you know, and I'm kind of a dreamer. And so when you put a dreamer and a, and a goal setter together, sometimes you have the dreamer that just says to the goal setter, leave me alone. Let's not talk about details. Let's just dream a little bit. And then the goal setter says, Hey, that's great. I'd love to hear all about your dreams, but you know, let's, let's start to put it into an action plan. And so actually those, those gifts have become more complimentary the longer we've been uh, married. And so you you can kind of take a dream and a goal and put it together or a strategy, you know? And so what happens though, is that if the, if the dreamers in the room, you know who you are, some of you are like, I I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to be awesome. Right? How many of you, that's me. That's I'm in that crowd. But if you, if you're the, if you're the dreamer in the room, you just go, wow, that would be be so amazing to see our church full, you know, to see us give more to missions than we've ever given away, to be, to see us plant new congregations, to see every Sunday for people to come in and, and accept Christ at, at this altar. And that when the time comes that this building can't contain one or two or three services and, and, and we're going to have to find another place. I'm not trying to, to deny. I know that's part of y'all's journey is to figure out like, what's the future of new life look like? But, but, you know, as you're praying and dreaming and believing and Pastor Matt and Melanie are, are pursuing God, like it's, it's fun to dream about that stuff. And, and what could we do? And how, how far could we reach? And what, what difference could we make? That's awesome. And then you start thinking about the planning side. Like, well, what's that going to cost? And how many people is it going to take to do that? And how can our, our little uh, gifts or our little church or our little family or our, our, how, can, how can we do that? And so you have this tension between what will be and what is. And yet God is a God who speaks and says, there is something greater that's coming. And you have to just believe it and walk in it. And so I love to hear and think and dream and pray about greater things. But I think that as God begins to promise greater things, that there's really four questions that we ask ourselves. Right? And these are the questions I want to give to you today. Let's talk through them. There are four questions we ask about the future. Number one is where will the people come from? I don't, I don't know the answer for this church, and, and, uh, but I know in our church, we ask the question, like, how many people does it take 
for a Sunday to happen. You know, just, just to let it happen. Nothing great, just a Sunday. How many people does it take? How many people do we have to have uh, shaking hands at the door? How many people have to come in to set up the chairs? Or how many people does it take to sing and play instruments and for someone to run the sound, for someone to watch the children and not just babysit, but to actually teach them about the things of God? And, and how many people would it take outside even to, to park cars? And, and how many people would it take throughout the course of the week then to, to follow up with visitors and maybe go see them or take them some chocolate chip cookies or, you know, just to do whatever? Like we, we wonder how many people does it take to function? And so sometimes... That becomes our number. You know, we're like, well, we just got to have that many people and that's all we need. But then when you begin to dream for greater things, you go, well, it's going to take more people, right? I'm not really smart, but you guys follow me so far? Like, <laughs> more stuff means more people. And so you're going to need more. You know, that was the question that we had when we went from one services to two, which we just did, you know, a couple of years ago, three years ago. Same thing that you're, you have recently walked through is, okay, we can do this once, but now if we do this twice, that's twice as much work for the same amount of people, or it takes twice as many people, right? So for a third service, it takes those same people doing three times the work, or it takes three different groups of people. You see how it goes. And so we asked the question, what, where are the people going to come from? And so here's what the Lord says in verse 7. He says, in a little while, let's read again. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the desired of all nations will come. I want you just to hear what the Lord is saying. He's saying the desired of all nations will come. God says, I'll bring the people. Yeah, I don't, I'm not trying to make Matt be like the hero of all of the, the world, but I'm saying, you know, there was a time maybe before you guys came that the question was, hey, if God has a new future for, for new life, like, I wonder where's the pastor going to come from? That's a big people question, right? You got to start there. Like, is, who's going to come? But the Lord knew before Matt and Melanie ever accepted to come here that he said, I, I know what's going to happen. There's something I'm going to do there, and there's people there, and some of them are here today. I met, was it Joe, right? Yeah, Pastor, uh, I said Pastor Joe. May That may be prophetic. I didn't mean to say that, but who knows? Anyway, but Joe and others of you who I haven't met yet were here praying and believing. And there was a time when maybe it seemed like a challenge, but you were here, and they were there. And God's just saying to you, oh, I've got something I'm going to do. And yet you're saying, but first of all, I think we need a pastor. And God says, don't worry. The desired pastor will come. And he's going to be somebody who speaks Spanish. <laughs> who grew up in Africa and speaks Spanish. And he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> That's what you needed. That's what you need. Amen. But the Lord says, in a little while, I will shake the, hate, the, the nations and the desire of all nations will come. Let me just say this to you, and I don't mean this to sound smart, Ellie, but you don't want the people that God hasn't desired for you to, to have. Let me say it again, and I will try to choke on it this time. You don't want the, the people that God hasn't desired for you to have. Like there's an appointed time and an appointed place and appointed people. God has established the times and the places where people should live. And I'm just telling you this. He has established that there are people who are going to be coming in droves to new life. And they're coming looking for Jesus. And they're coming looking for people who are going to accept them where they are. Not where they ought to be. But just with all of their mess, with all their stuff. And you're going to be the people who will receive the people that God is going to bring. Why? Because in order for him to do greater things, the desire of all nations will come. Yeah. Don't worry. People are coming. There may be a day when you go, hey, we're having a down Sunday. You know, they say pastors always want to quit on Mondays. Why? It's because sometimes, you know, Sunday didn't go like we planned, you know. That every one of these seats, and I know Pastor Matt because I'm just like that. Every one of these seats 
that's empty, I, I always see, man, a person should be there, you know? And so sometimes we get, and we, and please pray for us, all of us. Pray for them. You can pray for me, but if you forget about me, I'll have somebody else pray for me. Just pray for Matt and Nelly. But, you know, sometimes we, we, we are, we're subject to get a little discouraged and not even celebrate the, the people who are in the seats because we see the empty seats. That's just the way our mind works, you know? And Michelle's told me lots of times we'll be driving to lunch after church, and I'll be saying, hey, wh I wonder where so-and-so was today, and I wonder where so-and-so was today. And, and she sometimes has to just say to me, like, babe, we had a great day today, and God moved, and there were the people who were there who were supposed to be there. But still, it's in the heart of a pastor that we want to see this building full. And we want to see it full multiple times, because we know why. Every seat, every, every numbered seat has a name, and every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And if it matters to God, it ought to matter to us. So we want to fill this place, not just with people, but with people who are, who are on a journey to find Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so, so don't worry about that. The people will come. They'll come. They're coming. All right, secondly, where, where's the provision going to come from? Can we just talk money for a minute? Where's the money going to come from? You know? I, I get it that vision takes provision, but the vision comes first. And the provision comes next. Mm -hmm. God, God will provide. He does. I'm going to tell you a couple of quick stories in our church. And everything is scalable. So this is not, I'm not trying to impress you or anything like that. But a year ago in December, we, we were feeling like there needed to be some kind of a breakthrough in our church. And we were leading up to this greater series. I hadn't preached it yet. I hadn't done anything with it. But I just thought, God, we got to do more. And, and so we had missionaries that we support, just like you do. I see all the flags and the, and the plaques there, the, the, the names. And so, but we had missionaries that we were supposed to be supporting, and there wasn't enough money to, to send them. And so we were falling behind. We were, in fact, I don't want, don't tell anybody this, because I don't want you to, I don't want you to think bad of me. I sure don't want you to tell anybody, but we were like three months behind. It was the end of the year. We hadn't paid December, November, or what's before that? October. So the last, the last missions money we sent to our church missionaries was in September of that year. And so here we are going, man, we're going we're gonna to end the year. But we'd also pray that God would allow us to, to give to some projects that we'd committed to. Like you said, what, what are we committed to, but we haven't paid? So we added up all that stuff and we thought, hmm, holy cow, we really need about $10,000 just to get caught up, you know, just to give mission stuff. And for our church, $10,000 was a, a lot, a lot, a lot of money to give away. And so I was going to make the need and present the need to everybody and go, hey, guys, we're really sorry. We're really, we're broke. And we need you to help bail us out. Because remember, these poor missionaries over there don't have any food. I probably called you during that time and go, hey, Matt, you grew up on the mission field. If the church doesn't pay their mission support, what happens? You know, and, and we always think somehow that maybe just magically that money appears. But just imagine that if you got your income strictly by people who had committed to give you a certain amount of money every month, and then some of them don't give it, well, then you have less money. That's kind of how that works. And so we just started praying. I felt like the Lord challenged our team to just say to the church, wouldn't it be amazing if we could just give away $10,000 in the month of December? You know why I said it that way? Because that sounded better than saying, guys, we're behind on our bills. Can you guys give a little bit extra? <laughs> That's less inspiring. But, if, but instead of saying, hey, we're three months behind, we said, wouldn't it be amazing if we could give away $10,000? You know, and we just began to talk about all the needs and all the mission stuff. And instead of saying, we don't have the money, we started saying, look what our money does. And look what we can give to. And look what we can support. And so we gave some money to a, a, a Bible college in Mongolia and Speed the Light, which gives uh, vehicles to missionaries. And, and we were paying all these other missionaries. And so we started just casting the vision to that. Say, guys, we, we got to do this. Let's give away 
And I had people tell me, Pastor, this is not a good time to be taking up special offerings. It's December. Did you not know that Christmas happens in December this year? Oh, yeah. And so we just said, Lord, whatever you want to do. And so we, we asked people, would you just pray? Would you just give? And so at the end of the month, we started tallying up everything. We had a service. I think Christmas Eve was our last service that year, too. And, and so we were just praying. And, and we said, oh, here, here's the money. And here, you guys give it. And, and they didn't give $10,000. They gave $11,000. And we celebrated that, right? Because we were just thinking, God, what an amazing thing. And God provided the money. Why? Because God cares about souls. And he cares about the lost coming to Jesus. And he cares about the gospel being shared. And so did we need money in our own budget at the end of the year? Yeah, we actually did. But we chose to say, Lord, let's just focus on the kingdom and see what you'll do. Why? Because the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. Right? Greater things are coming. Why? Because he has the money. Let me tell you another quick story. When we moved into our building uh, on our current property, we had owned it for a number of years, but we couldn't build on it. Right? And we had to pay taxes every year. I think you all have something similar to that. But our, our taxes where we live were super high. And so over the course of the years that we owned it, we paid almost a quarter of a million dollars in taxes over the course of seven years. I'm thinking, that could have been really used to do a nice thing, you know, some other stuff. But we're paying taxes. We finally got moved into our building. And when we did... You know, we, we, we were thought, great, now we don't have to pay those taxes, which was partly true, except for the fact that we had back taxes that we had to pay, and it was just such a, an ordeal. And so I didn't know what to do. We were out of money. We built the building by then. We had no more savings. It was just like week to week. So we said, well, let's just tell the church. And so I just told the church one Sunday. I said, guys, we, we, have, we have about $14,000 that we owe to the IRS by, you know, in, in 90 days. And, you know, we just have to pray about that. Unless any of you are going to write the check. Like, we got to pray because we don't know... We didn't have the money. And so I shared it, and we just went on with our lives. Well, coming to find out, one day there was a lady that came to my office, and she, she brought me a, a, a letter, an envelope. And before I opened it, she said, Pastor, I just want to let you know, God's done an, America, an amazing miracle in our family. And I knew who she was. She and her husband had been coming to the church for about six months. And, and I knew part of their story, but she wanted to tell me again. She said, Pastor, you remember when we came, why we came, and how we came? I said, well, yeah, Susie, I... I remember you guys came from another church that was in the town next to us. It was about five miles away. It was First Baptist Church in that town. And uh, they had come because they had been there for 20-something years. They were a faithful family, not church hoppers or moving around. And, and they had come to our church, and, um, and they had been hurt at their last church. You know, I hate to say it, but people get hurt in church. And they get, sometimes they get mad because they're immature and something didn't go their way, and they're just you know, kind of immature and petty and whatever. But other times there's real offenses and hurts and I understand. Probably all of you, unless you came to the came to the Lord like last Sunday, and this is your first church you've ever been to. Maybe you've been to another church. You know, I don't know. But but people can get hurt in church. It's just messy sometimes. And so these this long standing family was was wounded, and so they left and they came to our place. And and we were a Assembly of God church, Pentecostal. They'd never been to anything like that before. So they're they're like all about you know, wow, this is powerful and passionate, and the Holy Spirit is here, and we never knew anything was like this. And so they loved it. So that day she's coming. She's standing. In my office, and she hands me this letter, and she says, Pastor, God's stirred our heart that we're supposed to go back home. I said, oh, really? And she says, yeah, we're going back to the church that they had come from. She said, but during this six months that we've been here, the Lord has, has healed us. You know, he's, 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 he's covered our hearts with his grace and his love, and we realized we had a really bitter spirit when we came. We were angry and, and, and unforgiving, but he's melting us, and we know now it would be wrong for us not to go back to our church. And so we're, we're going to ask our, our pastor there to forgive us and to take us back, and we're going to come back into relationship there. But we just want to let you know, thank you. This, this six months has been a season of healing for us. 
We're so grateful for it. I said, man, well, we're going to miss you, but it sounds like you're doing the right thing. And so she said, well, anyway, we just want to give you a little something before we left. And so she walked out, and I opened up the envelope, and there was a letter explaining what she had just said to me, and then there was a check-in for $15,000. Do you get those all the time? Because I kind of expected that would be like really exciting. You must get lots of those. But we don't get those. And so my $15,000, I mean, I shouted and cried and danced and probably turned over the tables and called Michelle and, you know, cried some more. And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. God just gave us a lot of money. Anyway, but the thing is that when you back away from it, you think about how cool is it, right? That the Lord, and, and I'm not saying it was the Lord who in any way caused them to be offended or hurt or any of that stuff. But isn't it amazing that the Lord would allow this family to come in from their church to our church just for six months to be healed and restored and be renewed in his presence. Then he would pick them up and let them go back to be restored. But in the meantime, they just happened to be at our church during the season that we needed a big gift. And they had it. I mean, I, I've always wanted to write $15,000 checks personally. And maybe one day we will. I don't have that kind of money. But I thought, how cool is it that a family could just be in a place, feel prompted. They heard one announcement on a Sunday morning and said to each other, we ought to give to that and gave $15,000 just because the Lord spoke to their heart to do it. See, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. It, you, he can put greater things in your heart, but I'm telling you, when you wonder where are the people are going to come from, he's got that. Where's the provision going to come from? He's got that. Let's go on. The third thing, and this is one I think is really interesting. And my computer went to sleep mode, so I don't know what it is. No, here we go. Where, where will the power come from? Where will the power come from? Like where, where, it goes back to that thing we've been talking about, about the presence of the Lord. But here's what God says. He says, and I will fill this house with glory. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Listen, you just got to understand that the Lord is the one who is going to move by his spirit and he will break through every barriers. We sing songs like break every chain, break every chain. I mean, the Lord is the one. We know that the anointing of God breaks the yoke of bondage. If, if, if you did all of that you were supposed to do, you know, you, 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 you make your building look nice and you serve the community and you give out money and resources and you tailgate at the Wyoming football games and you, you invite people into your homes and you love them and you do all that stuff. And you have the best singing and, and music that you can have and the best outreach to kids that you can have. And you do all that stuff. It still doesn't change a heart, does it? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of great things that God can use, but none of that can change a heart. See, it's not by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And as you're praying for greater things, you've got to recognize that the Lord's power and presence is going to fill this place and he's going to fill your homes and he's going to fill your places of employment. Like, I don't know if you work in a cubicle, but I think that there's a, maybe a Holy Spirit filled cubicle right next to a cubicle of darkness, you know, <laughs> and, and the glory of God is going to fill this one so that when those people walk by, they feel something. You know, when I go and visit people in the hospital, uh, uh, not just our, our own church people, like my dad recently has been in the hospital, and I spent some time with him. And while I was there, I realized, you know, it's, it's an opportunity, even when you're the patient in the bed, to recognize that as long as I'm in this room, this room is a holy place. And so I can, from my bed, I can encourage, I can speak life, I can pray for people, I can witness to them, and I saw my dad doing it. I'm the pastor the son pastor who's just sitting there going, I wish I could leave. Dad, hurry up. Let's get out of here. We're getting you checked out today. And my dad, I'm the pastor who's missing the moment. And my dad is the one who's wanting to talk to people about the Lord. You know? 
Why? Because the presence of God is real and alive, and he's desiring that people would come to know him. Listen, you can pray all you want to, but unless God shows up, nothing's going to happen. But here's the thing is he shows up in response to his prayer, to our prayers. So I just encourage you to know this. The glory of, of this present house will be greater than the glory of the latter house. And then the last question is, is this going to be more than I can handle? That was a nicer way of saying this. I was just wondering, God, if you're really going to do greater things, here's what I was saying. Is it going to kill me? <laughs> is it going to kill me? I mean, am I going to burn out, wear out, give out, you know? Because it's a lot. When God starts bringing people, it's a lot, Pastor Matt. We pray for you because we know that, you know, I don't know what the church was when you guys came. I'll just pick a number. I know it was less than this, right? But as more people have come, there's more responsibility. There's a greater burden. There's, there's more needs. Of course, there's also more celebrations and more lives and more water baptisms and baby dedications and membership and outreach. It's all good, but it's also work and it's hard and it's stressful and it takes a lot, not just out of the pastor and his wife and his family, but out of all of you. It just takes more, right? It's just harder. You have to work longer, pray more. And so God's answer is, and in this place, I will grant peace. In this place, I will grant peace. And do you, if you're like me, you, you just need sometimes to rest. We were down here for three days, and on Thursday, we went skiing, which was fun. On Friday, we went tubing and steamboat springs, and that was the easy part. The hard part was the five-hour round trip in a van, a 15-passenger van full of on snowy roads and stressful and kids eating snacks that stink and you know make a lot of noise and it's just tiring and so we came home we're just like oh yesterday we just want to do nothing you know and so we did nothing really except eat and watch football but anyway here's the thing like the thought the whole idea is that sometimes we just need to rest right we just need downtime and i think that the lord wants all of us to hear today that he's the one who's who's good with that like he'll grant peace I don't know why it is, but maybe this season of my life, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to help me have a, a place of rest all the time. Like, just keep my heart at rest in his presence. You know, Moses, when he cried out to the Lord, this is in Exodus uh, 33, and the Lord is saying to him all he's going to do. And, and Moses says, Lord, you, you keep telling us to, to, to go, but you haven't really told me how you're going to do it and who you're going to send. And he says, the Lord says, my, my presence will go with. This is what the Lord says to Moses. My presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. That's something. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Because I think sometimes when God moves, it's going to kill me. It's going to wear me out. Matthew 11, 28, Jesus says, these are Jesus' words. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, their burden, and I will give you rest. Philippians chapter 4 says, Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Yeah, there's a theme here that even though you can work for the Lord and he will empower you and do great things with you, you will wear out. You know, you, It says even uh, Isaiah 40, I think it's 31, says, uh, Young men will get tired, and, but says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Just knowing that to be still in God's presence is something that's going to be what we're going to need. That God says, in this place, I will grant peace. I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Peace of God. I just want to declare to you that even though what's coming is going to be a lot of work, it's not going to wear you out. Because he's going to renew you. 
In Ephesians, Paul talks about being strengthened in your inner being. He says, come on, I, I pray that you would be strengthened by the Lord in your inner being. Why? Because from the abundance of the heart, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you need to be restful so you can promise people rest. You need to have peace in your heart so you can offer them the peace of God that passes understanding in their hearts. You have to know that there is a God who saves and a God who heals and a God who restores. And, and that God says, actually, that on six days you ought to work, but one of them you need to rest. I heard someone say recently, he was a pastor, and he said, breaking the Sabbath is like the one of the Ten Commandments that we break and we brag about. Let me say that again. Like, it's the one commandment that we break regularly, and we brag about it. Because we tell everybody, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I'm working hard. I am working. It's been busy. And you just need to rest in the Lord's presence. Why? Because in all these things, God's promising greater things. And you know, I think the bonus question, maybe if we could just say that, if the four questions are, where's the money going to come from? Where's, where's the Lord's, uh, let's start with the people. Where, where are the people going to come from? But God says, the desired of all nations will come. And he says, well, where's the money going to come from? And the Lord says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. Hey, and where then, where is the presence or the power going to come from? The Lord says, in my house, I'll grant glory. And then... Lord, is this going to wear me out? Can I make it? Am I going to be able to last? Yeah, he says, and, and I want to give you peace. But here's the last question, and you don't have to take my word for it. But the question is, like, who, who can I actually trust in all this uncertainty? You know, because as I've talked to Pastor Matt, I know that there's a lot of decisions that you guys are going to be praying through and making in 2019 and 20, and they're going to affect generations to come. So you don't want those to be lighthearted. You don't want to flippantly move into those things. But the truth is that God is moving by his spirit. And he's going to give wisdom and he's going to give strength and he's going to give the way in which you're to walk. So who's the one? If, if we say God's got the people and he's got the provision and he's got the power and he'll give you the peace, can you really trust him? Well, every time we just read five times in four verses, he says, the Lord Almighty says, the Lord Almighty declares, thus says the Lord Almighty never even remember my face or my name that's fine there may come a time that it's not even that pastor matt says it that matters it's not even that melanie says or anyone says on staff or any of the leadership but it's just who who says who says that greater things are coming the lord almighty says who says that there are hurting people that need to find hope in jesus christ the lord almighty says and you know you're not in competition with any other church in this city God can let every church in town burst at the seams at the same time. And so you're, you don't have to worry about that because there's plenty of lost people here. Yeah. There's plenty of opportunities for God to lead you and bring the desired people and the silver and the gold and the presence of him to fill the place and the rest that you need to walk in during this season and the season to come. Why? Because greater things are coming to new life. Yeah. Greater things are coming. Greater things are coming. Pastor Matt, why don't you come for us? You guys let him know how much you appreciate that word for our church. I want to invite everyone here just to stand with me across this room. And uh, this is just how I feel like God wants us to, to conclude this service and also just this year of what he wants to do in our hearts, lives, and plant seeds. I, this is a powerful word, 
for our church, but beyond that, I believe it's a power, powerful word for individuals as where I, I believe there's some of you that you're needing and to hear that, that 2019 is going to be greater for you yeah. than 2018 was. Yeah. And you, you look at it and you say, well, I'd love to believe that, but I don't see how it could possibly happen. I don't see how uh, the, the, that, the provision for that, where that would come from. I, I don't know where the power for that would come from. So many things would have to go differently than they've been. I don't see how possibly that 2019 could be greater. Uh, it just looks like it's, it's doom and gloom ahead. But I want to encourage you that the same thing that applies to this church applies to your life. That God is able, that there's nothing that's too difficult for Him in your life. Whatever obstacles, whatever challenges you faced in 2018, whatever things, I just believe that, that God is saying this morning that the, the, the glory of the future for your life is going to be greater than the former. That 2019, what yes. He wants to do, if you'll go all in after Him, if you'll pursue the things of God, that what He wants to do in your life going forward is going to be greater than anything that He's ever done. 2018 won't be able to touch what God's going to do moving forward. 1953 won't be able to touch what God's going to do going forward in your life. God wants to do something powerful. Breakthrough is available for you. And so today we don't have Bible classes. We don't have any time constraints. I'd love for us to just conclude this service with some time of prayer. So I'm going to ask Pastor David and his wife Michelle, if you just come up here kind of on this side, ask Melanie to join me kind of on this side. And Madison's just going to lead us in worship. And we're just going to allow you, if you'd like prayer, and I'd love for every person, I'd love to pray with every person here today. But it's between you and the Lord. Thank just for us to believe and pray over your life and just to believe God for what he's going to do moving forward from this point. We're going to believe for lives to be yes. healed and for chains to be broken and for the reality that we see right now to be different going forward. That the, the stronghold that the enemy had is going to be broken over your life and that God is just going to do a new thing. And the glory of the future you is going to be greater than anything you've ever experienced to this point forward. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite you just to come. And, and find one of us to, to pray with you, to pray over you, and just to believe God for those things to happen. Lord, we just thank you so much for this word. Lord, I do receive it and believe it's a prophetic word for this church and for what you're going to do. Lord, we're just trusting you. Lord, when we don't know how, how it's going to happen, Lord, we don't have to have all the answers because you've already provided everything that we need. Lord, you're able to do everything that needs to be done. So, Lord, we just submit ourselves to you. We submit this church to you. God, this is not my church, but this is your church that you care dearly about. And so, Lord, we pray that you would see these things happen in this church. Lord, as we're faithful in the small things, and Lord, you would just do the incredible things that we're not able to do. We give this church to you, but Lord, right now we pray for every person in this church. I pray for every person in this auditorium today. Lord, you see the struggles and the challenges and the burdens and those things that have weighed them down. You see where the enemy has attacked and even seemingly been victorious in areas of people's lives and against their families. But Lord, we pray right now that your spirit would move in a powerful way. 
Lord, we declare this as a word prophetically, not only for this church congregation and for this church family, but for the families that make up this church, for the lives in this room today, that we're going to see incredible things happen. We're going to see breakthrough in 2019 in areas that have been strongholds of the enemy. Those same areas are going to be a stronghold and a testimony of God's greatness. So, Lord, I pray that as we just lay hands and anoint and pray over individuals today and this morning, that you would just begin that work, that you would just begin to bring freedom, to bring deliverance in various areas of people's lives, and we'll hear testimonies of what you've done. We thank you for it in your name. Amen. I invite you to come and, and, and find a place to pray. Allow us to pray for you, and let's just believe God for greater things.